0: Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Michael Barrison, who was charged with the attempted murders of Lauren Kanarek and Robert Goodwin. Kanarek was struck in the chest by two bullets from Barrison's weapon, and as it was undisputed that Barrison fired those shots, his legal team argued that he was not guilty because he was legally insane at the time of the shooting and in the alternative because he fired those shots in self-defense. In our last episode, we concluded our look at the testimony of the trial's first witness, Corporal Derek Hymer, a police officer who initially responded to the dispatch reporting shots fired on August 7, 2019, at 411 West Mill Road in Washington Township, New Jersey. In this installment, we hear the testimony of state's witness, Officer John Wurtemberg, who followed Corporal Hymer to the scene of the Canarex shooting. That's all coming up right after the break. After Corporal Derek Hymer leaves the stand, Judge Steven Taylor invites Prosecutor Christopher Shellhorn to proceed with his case. Mr. Shellhorn, call your next witness, please.
1: Thank you, Judge. The Stephen Call Officer John Wurttemberg.
0: Wurttemberg appears big and stocky. He is clean-shaven and also sports a shaved head with a wisp of dark stubble on top. Like Corporal Hymer, Wurttemberg wears his Washington Township police uniform. After allowing Wurttemberg to introduce himself to the jury, Prosecutor Shellhorn begins his questioning.
1: Approximately how long have you worked for the Washington Township Police Department? 21 years. Where are you currently assigned with the Washington Township Police Department? I'm the school resource officer. I work at the Long Valley Middle School. Can you explain for the members of the jury who don't know what a school resource officer is, what that intends?
3: Uh Day-to-day, safety and security, mentoring the students, assisting teachers, administrators, overseeing... Drills, fire drills, uh, active shooter drills—just a resource, just for anybody, including parents as well. Uh, Approximately how long have you been in the Washington Township SRO? In that I'm in my fourth year,
1: I believe. Drawing your attention back to August 7, 2019, were you
3: in that position at that time? I was. It was summertime, but I was still considered a school resource officer.
1: So my follow-up question is, what does an SRO do at, in Washington Township during
3: the summer? Summertime it varies, I'm more of a utility. I've been in the detective bureau previously. I've been in patrol, I assist traffic. So kind of wherever they need me uh, through the summer is where I go for the day.
1: Now with respect to August 7th, 2019 in particular, do you recall if you were working that day? I was. And what were you uh, doing that
3: day in the early afternoon? I was actually the role of the school resource officer. School was supposed to start late August and I was meeting with superintendent Long Valley middle school principal and vice principal just for the upcoming year. Safety stuff, security stuff. Um, So I was actually at the middle school when that call came across the radio. Now, do you recall how you were dressed that day? Class B uniform, summer, which is this uniform minus the tie and short sleeves. Which uh, that uniform, the Class B looks like it has uh,
1: patches on both shoulders as well as a badge. Yes. Now, you indicated that uh, on that day you were at the school when there was a call. Can you tell the jury what your uh, impression of that dispatch call was?
3: Um, I was in a meeting. I had my radio on. Morris County Dispatch sends out what we call tones. So it's an alarm to let us know it's a big call. So I heard the tones. So I, I knew to kind of clear the air and listen. And over the air, they informed that there was an active shooter at 411 West Mill Road. Based on the nature of that call, what did you do? I immediately left. I entered my vehicle and headed west towards 411. I was that 51 West Mill, so I was a couple miles from that location. Now, the vehicle that you were driving that day,
1: uh, can you tell the jury about that?
3: So, because my position was uh, kind of a fill-in that day, so I had um, the very last vehicle that was available. It was kind of stripped down. It wasn't marked. No MVR, no equipment in it. Lights and sirens I did have, but it was uh, just an extra vehicle as the primary officers had, had the vehicles to so they could do their job.
1: Had you ever been to 411 West Mill Road before?
3: Years ago, 15, 18 years ago. What did you know uh, was at 411 West Mill Road? I knew it was a horse farm. Did it have any sort of a name? There used to be a sign on West Mill. It said Hawthorne Hill. What was the nature of the prior call when you were there 15 or 20 years before? Uh, emergency call, squad call, I believe. I don't know if it was a student or a camp or, or somebody, somebody fell off horse. so it was a medical call. And so based on that prior
1: medical call, had you been onto the property to uh, assist with that call?
3: Yes. What was your understanding of the uh, general layout of the problem? I knew there was a front house. You uh, know, there was a long driveway that led to the barn stable area.
1: Now, when you uh, went there on August 7th, 2019, were there any other police officers on scene when you arrived? Yes, uh, Corporal Heimer. Did you see him, his
3: vehicle, or something else? I saw his vehicle. Recall where you saw his vehicle. I made a left as I was traveling west. I made a left onto the driveway, and 50 feet, maybe, 25 feet, I saw his vehicle straight ahead of me. On the driveway? On the driveway.
1: Was there anything that you took note of about the position or the the state of his vehicle?
3: Uh, I could see it was unoccupied. It was just past the smaller driveway that went off to the left of the major driveway when you saw that vehicle there what did you do i pulled up behind him or behind his vehicle i got out i cautiously headed to the house trying to listen i, I couldn't see I, there, my my view was obstructed from a large pickup truck that was to the left
1: um, so at that point when you got out of your car uh, after seeing corporal heimer's car did you see anybody i did not Uh, but you indicated that you went in the direction of the back of the house? Yes. Um, Did you go past or around or near that uh, pickup truck? I did.
3: At some point, did you see people? I did, as soon as I rounded the front of that vehicle.
1: At this point, did you have your firearm out? I did not. Now, what did you see, or can you
3: tell the jury what you saw when you
1: came around the pickup truck?
3: I saw Corporal Heimer. He was kneeling over a body. There was a lot of blood everywhere. He appeared to be holding the chest. I assume that's where the wounds were. He had a gun out. He was pointing at somebody laying on their face. I asked him what he needed. He informed me he needed medical bag.
1: Now, let me go and break that down. Did you know who any of these people were when you arrived on scene? I did not. During the course of the investigation and the follow-up, did you come to find out who they were? I did. With respect to the individual that uh, Corporal Heimer was giving medical treatment to, was that a man or a woman? A woman. And did you come to find out who that woman was? I did. Did you tell the jury who that was? That was Lauren Canerang. You also indicated that uh, Corporal Heimer had his gun out and there was another person there. Was that a man or a woman? It was a man. And did you come to find out who that man was? I did. Who was that? Mr. Barrison. Do you see the individual that you saw that you're identifying as Mr. Barrison here in the courtroom today? I do. Could you identify him for the record by an article of clothing that he's wearing? White shirt, yellow tie.
4: Identifying a defendant. Mr. Barrison, for the record,
3: were there any other people in the area at that time? It was an individual off to my right chasing a small dog around.
1: And was that a man or a woman? That was a man. Did you come during the course of the investigation to find out who that man was? I did. Who was that? Mr. Griblin. Now, you indicated that your first approach into the scene, Corporal Heimer told you that he needed medical equipment?
3: Yes. What did you do? So I informed him that I did not have my regular vehicle and that I didn't have any equipment in that vehicle. Did you end up getting medical equipment from somewhere else? I did. Uh, Corporal Heimer instructed me that he had those items in his car, so I went to his patrol vehicle and retrieved what we call a go bag. What's a go bag? It has chest seals, tourniquets. It's basically a stop-the-bleed type bag. Did you go get that equipment? I did. And what did you do with it? I came back to him and dropped it next to him and proceeded to assist him to handcuff Mr. Barrison. Do you recall whose handcuffs you used? Mine. And do you recall where uh,
1: the defendant was handcuffed? Who was back, behind him. Behind him. Had you ever met the descendant
4: before? No.
2: to find out if it's right for you.
0: After guiding Officer Wurttemberg to relate to the jury his first experience upon arriving at the shooting scene, Prosecutor Shellhorn moves on to ask the officer about what happened after other emergency personnel arrived.
1: During the course of this going on, Did any other officers arrive on scene?
3: Yes, as we were handcuffing Mr. Barrison, Officer Hensley arrived on scene.
1: And what did you do after you were done assisting with handcuffing the defendant? I turned my attention to
3: Mr. Goodwin. And do you recall where he was? He was, again, still off to the right of us, kind of like in an open area of the yard, again, chasing the dog around. Did you have a chance to make observations of the dog? I did.
1: What was your impression of the dog? Small, noisy dog. I guess is it fair to say if you said Mr. Goodwin was trying to get it, was it
3: running around? It was excited. It, it, yeah, he was having a hard time grabbing it. Did he ultimately get the dog? He did. And do you know what happened to the dog? I instructed him to put it inside. I, I knew that medical personnel and a whole bunch of other people were going to arrive on scene, so it was another distraction that I didn't think we needed. Did you see uh, where the where Mr. Goodwin took the dog? He put it just inside the door of the back steps. Did you lose
1: sight of him at any point? I did not. After Mr. Goodwin uh, put the dog inside,
3: uh, where did he go? He came back out and I went to have a conversation with him. Uh, what would you describe his uh, demeanor be? After he was not focusing on the dog any longer, he kind of, I think, realized what was going on. He got a little excited. Uh, he was concerned, um, stressed. Uh, did you do anything with respect to him? I did. I handcuffed him for his safety and everybody else's safety. And you recall approximately where that was in the area? So by the time I handcuffed him, more officers arrived on scene. I did handcuff him in between a patrol vehicle and I. there was a gravel, a pile of gravel. Officer Wardenberg, you've seen S-389 before?
1: Yes. What is S-389 a diagram of? The residence and the
3: area behind it.
1: So I'd just like to go back and discuss with you where certain things happened that you described. You indicated when you pulled onto scene, you saw Corporal Hymer's car? Yes. And, Judge, if I could approach? Yes. This is not perfect, but it's a pointer. So I'm gonna ask if you could use that, if I ask you where certain things are, point out where he approximately observed Officer Hymer's car. Mm-hmm. It's there. I don't think you can see that. It looks like they're indicating the just uh, almost to the top left of where that utility box is on the main driveway. Yes. Point out to the and gallery, the approximate area, where you were dealing with Mr. Goodman when you indicated that you uh, first placing the handcuffs? It's right the
4: gravel pile.
1: And if you could also show on the uh, other screen so that the jurors in the box can see. And you're indicating on the driveway just to the left of the gravel pile as it's depicted on this diagram? Yes. All right, thank you. Have a seat. Now you indicated, officer, that at the time uh, that you placed Mr. Goodman in handcuffs that there were other police vehicles arriving on scene yes and I think you indicated that one of those vehicles had pulled into the driveway yes and that was approximately the same area where you just pointed out you said uh, where you put the handcuffs on Mr. Goodwin
4: correct
1: did you know there was a firearm involved I did did you know where the firearm was at this point I did not at some point did you locate it
3: I did can you describe for the jury where you located it? so as I was handcuffing Mr. Goodwin I did notice it in that same area off to the right of the gravel pile. And are you indicating right based on the diagram or right based on when you would enter into the drive? Based on the diagram. So actually at the bottom of the screen, at the bottom of that gravel pile. So if I'm facing the gravel pile, it's, it's to my right. Uh, now, what did you observe the uh, handgun to look
4: like?
1: It was black with pink on it. At that point, did you recover the firearm? I did. Can you tell the jury a little bit about when you recovered,
3: uh, what you did? I, I saw that the chamber was open, so i believed it to be empty. But as a protocol, I, I looked into the chamber and didn't see around in it. Uh, the clip was also missing, so I knew that it was safe to handle. Um, and I held it uh, temporarily, trying to figure out a safe spot to put it, as I knew medical and, and everybody else that needed to come to the scene was coming. And I just didn't want a gun laying out in the middle of the parking lot.
1: Officer, in front of you, there should be a box that's marked S-177. Uh, Can you open that box? Do you recognize
3: what's inside the box? I do. What is it? That is the gun that I recovered that day.
1: And does it appear to be in the same or substantially the same condition as when you recovered it? Uh, The slide is open. However, it
3: did not have the safety locks on it.
1: Now, if you could just hold that up, and if you need to stand up so these folks in the back can see where you're pointing to, but if you could just stand up and hold it up and indicate you, you had said something about the slide and the position of the slide, if you
3: could just point that out for the jury, what you're talking about. So this area here, and with this open, it indicates to me that there's not a round charged. And in spite of it having the, uh, the
1: safety the locks that everything right now, that is the same position the slide was in when you saw it? Yes. You indicated that you picked it up and you secured it until you could find a safe place to to keep it? Correct. Uh, Ultimately,
3: where did you put that gun? In the back of a patrol vehicle. And where was that patrol vehicle parked? It was parked up to the uh, gravel pile, facing the gravel pile.
1: Do you know who had driven that vehicle? I believe Corporal Fellini. Officer, I'm first going to draw your attention to S-230 that's on the two uh, big screens here. here. Is that a picture?
3: the rear of one of our patrol vehicles.
1: And is that the same patrol vehicle you were just discussing that was parked in the driveway facing into where the gravel pile was? Yes. Is there anything uh, different about when this picture was taken that night and from uh, the time when you secured the gun inside the car? The evidence markers were not there.
3: And you're indicating on the left-hand side in the background? Yes. Well, the number three as well. That, That was not there. It had not been deemed a crime scene yet
1: now can you tell the jury what is in the back of the patrol car that you put there the black and pink handgun and is that on the i guess the floor of the the back there yes i'm next going to draw your attention to s 231 is that the same vehicle excuse me the same handgun that you placed in the back of the vehicle yes and that's just a close-up yes at the time when you placed the gun there had you done anything to manipulate it or change the position of the slide no was that magazine in the back of the car when you put the gun there yes did you see who put that there no now you mentioned uh that other officers arrived did you see other officers giving medical attention to lauren canner i did are you aware whether mr goodwin received any medical attention from the emts on scene i did not see that do you know whether or not the defendant received any medical treatment i did not see that either after you assisted Heimer with uh, handcuffing the defendant did you have a chance to make any observations of what you looked like? I saw some blood. There was just blood in the area uh, in front of both parties. Just a, a few final questions for your officer. Uh, did
3: you have any other part in the investigation
1: there at the scene at the farmhouse?
3: Uh, I did. What was that? So shortly after securing the handgun in the back of the vehicle, I was asked to help clear the house with three other officers for any potential other dangers or injured parties inside. After doing that, were you given another assignment? I was. What was that? I was escorted by Morris County Prosecutor's Office to go up to the barn and help secure it as they informed me a search warrant was being written.
1: Judge, I don't think I have any further questions for Officer Wurtenberg at this time.
0: Next, Judge Taylor invites Barrison's attorney, Edward Belinkas to question Officer Wurtenberg. Cross-examination, Mr. Malinkus?
4: Thank you, Judge. Officer, uh, is it a fact that when you arrived on the scene as the second person, Michael Barrison was partially conscious? Yes. That's what you put in your report, correct?
3: Incoherent is the word I used.
4: Partially conscious and incoherent, correct? Yes. And when you arrived, Hamer was dealing with both Kennera and... My client, Michael correct? Yes, Robert Goodwin was running around the yard, correct? Yes. How long was he running around the yard for?
3: After after you arrived, that means
4: I'm not sure. Minutes? Minutes. Chasing after a dog? Yes. When when you say chasing, where exactly was he chasing the dog?
3: There was a cleared section just past the gravel pile in between the house uh that driveway the gravel driveway stops and it goes into grass um so away from us but it was kind of off to the side yard of the house still behind the house but off to the side
4: okay he was having problems getting a hold of that
3: dog it, it seemed it I, again I wasn't completely focused on him at the moment as we have the other tasks at hand but it seemed that though the the dog wasn't listening to him. No.
4: At some point in time, he's told to go inside the house, correct?
3: I told him to get the dog out of the area, yes.
4: Okay, and, and he basically picks up the dogs and he goes inside the farmhouse,
3: correct? He didn't go completely inside the house. He opened the door and he put the dog in. He never completely crossed the threshold. He was able to put the dog down.
4: Do you recall saying in the report, as Mr. Goodwin ran mm-hmm. back out of the residence? Mr. Balinkis, yes. you're reading from his report? Yes. Shouldn't you show him the report? Ask him a question if he recalls this. Well, you didn't didn't ask him if he recalled it. I'll rephrase my question. Do you recall Mr. Goodwin running back out of the residence and becoming emotional?
3: I remember him coming back down the steps, yes.
4: Steps, not residence.
3: He was partially in the residence, so he partially came out of the residence.
4: Did you search Robert Goodwin at any time? I did not. So if I approach the witness, just to show him a picture or I can put it on the thumb Is it in evidence? No, I'm going to ask them if he recognized. Oh, yes. to have him identify the photographs. I'm showing you what is the mark, d 800 slash 92, and ask you if you recognize what's depicted on this. I've never seen that photo before. Did, did you see the dog in the photo before? Not from that angle. I don't recognize the dog like that. Okay. Now, while you were there... And did any of the dogs try uh, to attack the Corporal uh, hanging?
3: No, I did not.
4: No, you indicated that after uh, the area was secured, uh, you took part in uh, securing the entire residence, correct? In the scene?
3: Uh, just the residence, not the scene. With three other officers, we actually went into the house.
4: Okay. And, and uh, was the Morris County Prosecutor's Office at the scene at that point while you were there? I don't recall there was a lot of people were any assistant prosecutors there while you were there eventually i don't know exactly when everybody arrived i'm not referring to when at any point in time where you were at the crime scene did the morris county prosecutor specifically assistant prosecutor show up at the scene i don't know yes thank you no further questions
0: And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrisone. Join us on our next installment as we begin our examination of the testimony of state's witness, Detective Brian Bailey, who investigated the shooting for the Morris County Sheriff's Office. Also, if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Taracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrisone.